Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have two reports on record-setting grain prices on the farm. Flax is reaching $25 a bushel and canola has surpassed $16 a bushel. We have a report on the USDA projected seeded acreage this spring. Applications are now being accepted for spring cash advances for April 1st to ensure farmers have funds for spring seeding. And we have details from an interesting webinar this week sponsored by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture celebrating farm families. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain call 1-800-324-7778. Wheat and canola prices were again moving upward this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacalo says spring wheat is up five cents a bushel and canola has increased $34 per metric ton. Well, Jim, starting off on the Minneapolis wheat front, we're approximately higher by about five cents right now. So not a very large move on the Minneapolis wheat front. There has been kind of some possible positive news on the weather front coming through the U.S. that we have seen a little bit more optimism on prices here. However, you know, weather doesn't uh, affect the markets possibly for very long. So we might be seeing, you know, wheat having a rally and then kind of fading back here. And on the canola front, still continuing that positive trend that I I know I sound like a broken record here, that uh, it's been continuing now for quite some time. The May contract is approximately $34 a ton higher on the week here. And the front month, the March, is still going significantly higher, up about $770 uh, kind of sitting right now. So what's pushing up the prices, wheat and canola? Well, this kind of week, canola futures, is again, still touching record highs. We actually here in Canada slashed its stockpile estimate, approximately 700,000 tons of canola kind of at the end of July 31st. So that really marks a 42% reduction from kind of January's forecast from them. So that is definitely keeping, keeping canola quite a bit higher here, dwindling supplies and, and, you know, again, more more growth and demand from China. So canola, 
I'm seeing here on the May contract, $750 a ton is resistance on the higher end here now, which we are only about $14 a ton away. So that's kind of the next area that I'm seeing could get to. What's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, on the wheat front, I am kind of seeing that you know, there could be some positive developments, again, from the weather here, but I don't believe that you know, we could see you know, a very significant rally right now. I'm also watching very closely kind of the soy markets here and how it could affect canola prices. But right now, I think there's different positive factors for canola kind of outweighing possibly the soy side here right now. So improving weather conditions in South America have definitely kind of created more of a sideways trend here for the bean market and corn as well, too. So I think, you know, at next week, we'll see if this rally can in canola can keep being sustained and you know what if the weather in the states will affect the wheat market adam Pacallo is a commodity futures advisor with pi financial in regina back to saskatchewan agriculture today with jim smalley on 620 ckrm oilseed prices are reaching new high prices this week in saskatchewan grain broker alan johnson of wellwyn says flax prices have reached 25 dollars a bushel Jim, it's been incredible here. We've got people, uh, like we've got millers in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta that mill flax on a year-in, year-out basis, and they're just wanting to make sure they get covered for the trade out to new crop, and that's not going to be anything in the bins until late August, September at the earliest point. So they're covering and make sure, because they have contracts with uh, with their empires around the world, and they have to fill these contracts. So they're out there very aggressive. Then we've got exporters that have stepped in, and they're competing with that. It's, some of it's going to China. It's it's going all over the world. And this market is just phenomenal. It's at $25 a bushel we're paying today, picked up at the yard, like Fall Farm. And then we can book new crop at 16, 16 and a quarter, with an act of God on flocks for new crop flocks. So that is gone over very well. I'm highly recommending you to do that because I think it's going to be a lot of flax seeded next summer. And if you don't have one of these contracts and this thing does blossom like I feel it's going to in, in seeded acres, we could have a, a weaker flax uh, price next fall. And you, if you're sitting there with a $16 contract, it'll look pretty good at that time. But who knows? This market is so volatile right now, it's, it's, uh, it's unexplainable. <laughs> yeah. How long will this last? And Could it go any higher? I'm asked that every day by farmers, and I have been asked that for the 34 years I've been in business. And right now, I'm about 55 years in business with this business and farming, and I tell them I haven't learned enough yet to give you any advice. <laughs> it's just who knows. And there's thousands of factors that affect these grain prices. We're riding a real high here right now. The best advice I would say, sell, and I do this all the time, sell on the way up, not on the way down, because that is really difficult. If you've got a lot of flocks, you've got a lot of canola, you've got wheat and that, like these prices are very, very good at this point. Like, look at barley. I can get barley out of the southeast corner and places here uh, at $6 picked up. It's, these prices are just phenomenal. I love it. We've been working at this business for 34 years, and I like bringing these kind of prices back to my clients. So, Alan, what's happening with the other oil seed? What's happening with canola? Well, it's so strange there, Jim, because about a month ago, I was buying some canola farm at $16 a bushel. We bought all one Friday, and then it ended. The market kind of went wonky the next week, and it's been down. Now it's creeped its way back up again, and now I was telling farmers, hang on, we're going to see that $16 again. And I was thinking to myself, geez, here I am getting advice, and I don't like to do that. But I just had a good gut feeling that we're going to see it again. Well, talked to a farmer yesterday northwest of 
of Moose Jaw, and he was bid $17.10 fob farm from a, from a crusher on his canola. So 1710, I'm not talking 1610, 1710, and he was hundreds of miles from the crusher that he was selling to. So this market is just on a on a rocket ship, and I don't know where it's going to end. But farmers need to be aware of the markets. They're very hot. But again, sell on the way up. Alan Johnson operates Johnson's Grain Marketing in Welwyn, Saskatchewan. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is forecasting a significant jump in both corn and soybean acreage. Chief Economist Seth Meyer told the USDA Annual Outlook Conference that he expects corn to be slightly larger than soybeans, 92 million acres compared to 90 million. The additional corn and soybean acres will come from land that was not seeded last year. We'll gain acres just on that matter, let alone the fact that we have quite strong prices which will also incentivize planting. Meantime, those additional acres are expected to improve the bottom line at Nutrien. Chuck Magro is the company's CEO. With strong crop prices and the highest U.S. grower margins in at least seven years, there will be strong crop input spend in 2021, which is supported by our level of customer prepay and soil sampling activity. Nutrien posted fourth quarter profits above analyst estimates yesterday as potash demand rose amid higher crop prices. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Back here today with the first Canola School of the Year, and I have here with me Jason Vogt, who is with Field to Field Agronomy Incorporated. How's it going today? Good. Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. So we're here to talk about, you know, we're seeing, this isn't a markets conversation, but we're seeing a lot of high, as you'd like to say, the, the sexy markets going on right now. Do you want to talk yep. a bit about crop rotation, especially when it comes to canola, why it's important to really stick with these crop rotations? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things are coming to light now as guys are getting out of their uh, Christmas break. They're starting to, you know, start getting back into the farming groove and uh, looking at maybe some final adjustments to their uh, their crop plan. And with where the markets have been, yeah, there's a lot more excitement with canola. So, so far, not a lot of our growers in this particular area have made any big drastic changes or jumps. But you can honestly look at it and say that, yeah, guys might want to. Um, maybe look at growing more canola because yeah it's definitely looking more positive but when it comes to rotation there's a number of things a person has to look at and one of the things that we've talked about with rotation is uh, weed control so one of those things that's been a real problem or what's coming to light more and more all the time is obviously herbicide resistant weeds Mm -hmm. so we've got water hemp in the province now more so um, group 2 and group 9 resistant kochia uh, group 2 resistant pigweed, all these things. And so when you put more pressure with canola on the rotation, um, what you're doing is basically, you know, selecting for certain weeds because you most growers are typically growing either all cool season crops or maybe a mix of cool season and warm season crops. And both of those have very different herbicide application timings. 
And so when you do that, you actually start, you know, altering um, any one weed from taking over from the other. And so are becoming more competitive than the other. So when you put too much emphasis, let's say on a cool season crop like canola, your herbicide timings are always going to be the same. And therefore, you know, giving those weeds maybe more of a chance to get established versus sticking to the rotation, incorporating cereals or warm season crops where you're going to also be um, looking at different timings. And what about disease management? I know in Manitoba specifically, uh, verticillium stripe really came up last year and it's it's something that we're, producers are really keeping their eyes on and I'm sure it'll eventually be something that we're looking at across the prairies. Can you talk a bit about yeah. rotation with diseases? Yeah, for sure. And that's, you're exactly right. I mean, we've always been concerned with black leg and, you know, tight rotations and what that does for, uh, for black leg. Um, but also, you know, sclerotinia, although it's been quite dry the last number of years, so we haven't seen a lot of pressure when it comes to sclerotinia, but that is also something that have to be aware of. But you're right, verticillium stripe, and even in certain areas, obviously, club root has become more of a, a concern. And so if you're putting more emphasis on canola, whether it's back-to-back canola or every other year, taking out maybe a cereal crop and putting canola in there instead, all you're doing is a lot more pressure where, you know, those diseases are going to get more established. And uh, especially anything as far as resistance goes could get could break down quite quickly. And, uh, you know, with a new product or new disease like verticillium stripe, um, if we're going to continue in a drier trend, that's when the where the, the pathogen actually um, actually establishes and is most prevalent. And if you have more canola out there, then obviously there's going to be a lot more pressure on that crop. So what sort of impacts does canola, canola, canola have on yield potential? Does it, does it impact that final crop if you're growing every year and pulling the same nutrients? Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely does. Like what a lot of people realize is that canola is a big user of potassium and phosphorus. And so when you're thinking about uh, fertility re- requirements for the crop, um, you're pulling off, and most of that phosphorus that you're pulling off ends up in the seed. So canola is pulling off one pound per bushel. So if you're growing, you know, 60 bushel canola crop, you're removing 60 pounds of pea from the soil. uh, And that's not, you have to replace it at some point. And a lot of guys are not necessarily doing that. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Partly cloudy sky today, wind southeast 30 gusting to 50. The high minus 5, the low minus 14 tonight. Wind chill minus 13 tonight, minus 20 overnight. Saturday, clearing in the morning, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 1 tomorrow. Wind chill minus 20 in the morning, minus 6 in the afternoon. The low, minus 11. Sunday, sunny sky. The high, plus 1. The low, minus 3. Monday, sunny and windy. The high, plus 4. The low, minus 7. Tuesday, partly cloudy. The high, minus 2. The low, minus 13. Wednesday, sunny sky. High, minus 6. The low, minus 11. 
Thursday, sunny, the high plus one. Normal high for this date, minus six. The normal low, minus 18. The sun rose at 8.02 this morning. It sets at 6.22 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus one. The cold spot, Watrous at minus 21. Estevan is minus 14, Saskatoon minus 10, Swift Current minus 6, Weyburn minus 16, Yorkton minus 18. In Regina with drifting snow, it's minus 16 degrees, that's 3 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 35, gusting to 45, giving a wind chill right now of minus 28 degrees. Humidity 84%, the barometer dropping 101.8. Sunny and Moose Jaw minus 6, winds are from the south, southeast at 22. Once again, Regina drifting snow and minus 16, three above Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group three herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Saskatchewan farmers can now apply for the cash advance program before spring seeding. The canola growers administer the federal program. Canola Growers Director of Finance Dave Gallant says this is the earliest ever period for the pre-application process for cash advances. So what we're doing, Jim, is in addition to making the program as low cost as possible for farmers by eliminating our fees and reducing our interest rates, uh, we know that it's a very stressful time for farmers as they're coming up to seeding and we wanted to give them even more time to get their cash advance processed. So now they'll have an, up to six weeks before April 1 to get their cash advance into the, into CCGA and processed by us so that they, it's one less thing they have to worry about when they go to seed. How important is this program to farmers? It's an extremely pro, uh, important program. About ten to 11,000 farmers in Western Canada use this, and it's a major source of working capital financing for many farms today. So it's, it's really working capital. What's the usual amount advanced to farmers? You know what? The program is up to a million dollars, and we do have a number of farmers who take that amount, but I would say the average advance is somewhere in the neighborhood of $200,000. Now, you uh, offer a certain amount interest-free, and then there's interest on a, above that. What is the amount that's interest-free, and then what's the interest charge above that? So the first $100,000 is interest-free. That is paid for by the federal government. Uh, the program is up to a million dollars, so the next $900,000 is available to farmers through CCJ at prime minus three-quarters of a percent, which today equates to 1.7%. So depending on how much a farmer uses uh, within the program, they can save themselves up to thousands of dollars a year in annual interest costs compared to other forms of working capital financing. So this is generally for spring seeding. When do they have to pay it back? So there are actually three times the farmers can apply. They can apply for what they plan to seed, which is available now. They can apply for what they've seeded after they've, they've actually planted the grain, or they can apply once they've got grain in the bin. Uh, the program starts April 1 officially, and farmers will have up until September 30th of 2022 to pay off the advances that they're currently applying for. So they get to keep the funds for roughly a year, year and a half. Well, they have to repay as they sell the product, but it can be up to a year and a half. 
So the key advantage here is really it's it's low cost for farmers, but it provides some marketing advantages too, doesn't it? They don't have to sell when they have to have the cash. That is correct, Jim. In fact, there's three primary benefits to the program. Number one is that it does allow farmers the flexibility to market their products when it makes most sense for their farm rather than to sell simply because they need cash flow. Uh, that is the underlying principle of this program. Number two, like we've talked about, it can save farmers thousands of dollars of interest because it's a very low cost financing option for them, especially when they're using it for their working capital. But the third benefit, especially for younger farmers and those who are just getting started, is that the capital requirement here, uh, or the collateral requirement, is only the product that they're using for the advance. So there's no collateral requirement for equipment or land on the farm. So it makes it very easy for younger farmers to get started by giving them access to financing. Which crops are covered, eligible? At CCGA, we do over 50 crops, both organic as well as conventional. We do all the cereals, oil seeds, specialty crops, as well as livestock and honey. So there's quite a range. You do livestock as well as honey. Yes, we do. Uh, we do cattle. We do uh, lamb, sheep, goats. We are trying to be that one-stop shop for the average Western Canadian farm. And all the other rules apply for the livestock as well? Same rules, except livestock producers have up to 24 months to pay off their cash advance to reflect the different marketing nature for livestock. Dave Gallant is the Director of Finance for the Canadian Canola Growers Association, which administers the federal cash advance program. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. The typical description of a Saskatchewan rancher or cowboy is quiet and reserved with a bit of grumpy thrown in. Tamara Carter is a self-described city girl who fell in love with a cowboy three decades ago. Carter ranches with her husband in the Lacadena region, about an hour north of Swift Current. She's also president of the Saskatchewan Forage Council. Being raised in an urban setting, Carter has a unique perspective, which she shared in a webinar Tuesday night. The presentation is called Zen in the Pen and was part of the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture's Celebrating Farm Families Week. Carter says ranching is an enjoyable and stressful experience for both the parents and their children. One thing that so many farmers and ranchers have told me uh, that they love about this business is the lifestyle. I mean, why else would you do a job that can have such narrow profit margins at times and so much stress? Because you love being your own boss and you love working alongside your family. When we have these great helpers on our farms and they are so gentle and they're caring with the animals and they're nurturing them and loving them, why do we sometimes forget to nurture ourselves and be gentle to ourselves you know after a day of working cattle are your kids and your family are you happy or are the kids kind of dejected have they come up to you at the end of the day after working cattle and said man that was awesome you know i want to empower them to be great at ranching farming or whatever they tear into i love seeing happy faces not grumpy faces no one enjoys being grumpy but everyday stress makes it hard to smile all the time Carter has a list of nine things that can raise the daily stress level on the ranch. One of them is unpredictability. We, we've had so many things where we, we plan a day, we think it's going to go one direction, and before you know it, it's gone in a totally different direction. And in fact, even um, my son's grad day, we're all dressed and hair done and photographer, and we got a phone call, hey, your yearlings are out in my field, in my crop. 
so quickly and all catch horses and grab the trailer and saddle up and scoot over and gather and patch fence and then come back home and quickly shower again and close back on and try to get to grad. So there's a lot of unpredictability in farming and ranching. Carter believes it's important to look for positives during trying times like we are experiencing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Although um, some people have been discouraged that, you know, the kids aren't playing hockey, other people are saying, you know what, it's okay because we didn't have to drive as much and we were actually able to be home a little bit more and on the road less. So although kids weren't as active in sports and we haven't been able to gather at conferences, a lot of families have actually found that to be helpful and kind of restorative for them. And they've been a little bit more grounded, you know, meals together. And although minus 40 outside time in nature is not so restorative, getting out in nature in nicer weather is actually something that a lot of farmers and ranchers are really blessed to do. She encourages farm families to create a culture of learning and curiosity for the next generation. Recreational activities are also important, things like camping, fishing, golfing, hobbies, or going to church. We live where we work. So, you know, we aren't often able to just unplug and check out at the end of the day. And we do have a legacy of being stoic. It can be hard to ask for help. But attitudes are changing. That's coming, and that's a positive. We do know that prolonged stress affects mental health and relationships and unfortunately our children so we've got to look for ways to get out ahead of that and manage that stress and not just let that oh my goodness another day and another day and another day and tomorrow i'll do something now stop it we, we need to take charge now implement some practical steps to reduce stress learn some techniques to identify and reduce anger and conflict and it's okay to ask for help nurture yourself your family and your business they all need attention and quite often we neglect one or two parts and focus on the other. And that sets us up for stress and uh, health problems. Tamara Carter is with Carter Land and Cattle at Lacadena, about an hour north of Swift Current. She's also president of the Saskatchewan Forage Council. Her comments are from a presentation called Zen in the Pen, held during the Celebrating Farm Families webinar series, sponsored by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Tuesday night. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices mixed in early trading. Canola gained 220 at 677.57. Lentils jumped 42 dollars at 644.50. One red spring wheat fell 32 cents at 277.28. The rest all unchanged. Durham 310.48. Feed barley 247.68. Flax 801.08. Oats 229.53. Yellow peas 384.89. Feed wheat 238.84. Minneapolis spring wheat March futures down one and three quarter cents at six thirty a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. 
Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Hard on livestock here in Musha. 150 on offer at our Thursday regular sale of cows and bulls. This cow market, it looked dollars higher this week. These good, big, green-fed cows, 83 to 9. Sales right up to 92 bucks on them high-yielding cows. These hay-fed cows, 76 to 84. And the Shelly cows are lower yet. The good bulls are trading stronger also. About bringing anywhere from a buck to a buck 11. We had a big Semmental bull bring a dollar 13.50. Couple thousand expected here for Tuesday to lift lots of top-end calves on offer. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest pork prices keep moving upward. Sig 4, Brandon, Moose Jaw Plants, 177.46 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Nutrient's president and CEO says 2020 will go down as one of the most challenging years in recent history, but there is an optimistic outlook for 2021. Chuck Magro says the company achieved excellent progress in all of its sectors last year, including potash, nitrogen, and phosphates. Nutrient ended 2020 with fourth quarter net earnings of $316 million. Its retail ag solutions business had a record fourth quarter. Potash and nitrogen sales volumes were up and production costs were down. Nutrien has announced an increase in the quarterly dividend to $0.46 a share, with an annualized payout of $1.84 a share. The fourth quarter report cites that Nutrien generated $1.8 billion in free cash flow in 2020 and $2.4 billion after accounting for improvements in working capital. A new United Nations report says humans are making Earth a broken and increasingly unlivable planet through climate change, biodiversity loss, and pollution. Unlike previous reports, this one tells world leaders what's got to change. The report warns about one million of Earth's eight million species of plants and animals are threatened with extinction. It calls for an end to fossil fuel use and government subsidies for industries that degrade the environment. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was up in late morning trading, helped higher by gains led by the metals and mining sector, while the loonie climbed higher to trade for more than 79 cents U.S. The TSX Composite Index was up 71 points at 18,345. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 132 points at 31,625. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.27 cents U.S., compared with 78.76 cents U.S. on Thursday. The April crude oil contract was down 53 cents at $60 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.